pray you, God, build us. God, to prepare your hearts with thanksgiving in our hearts. So, God, I pray that we would be a thankful people, that we would be a grateful people, that we would not chop things up to coincidence, Father, or luck, God, but we know that it is your hand of mercy, your providential hand upon our life, God. So we declare it to be so in the name of Jesus. We are grateful for the highs and for the lows, God. I pray for our time together this morning, Lord. God, that we would honor you, Father, that our minds would be focused and fixed upon you, that we would hear from you, Holy Spirit, that we would be quick to repent, quick to respond, God, quick to move, that we would be obedient. Father, I pray that you would strengthen Rob this morning, God. Father, that you would give him exactly what he needs, Father, to deliver this message to us. God, we thank you for him, for his leadership. I pray for his health, God, for provision, Father. I pray, God, that you would strengthen him by the power of your name, God. Thank you that only truth would go forth, Father, that people's lives would be changed, that chains would break in the name of Jesus, and that we would celebrate our salvation, Father, in your name. Amen.
And I won't be held by your evenings The standards of the world But in every temptation I will know that you're enough Cause I'm not cold
remains I'm staring at an empty grave And the stone that you rolled away to your purpose. Pray God you'll give us a greater hunger for you, Lord Jesus, to seek you with our whole heart, knowing, God, that if we seek you, we shall find you, Lord. Pray God that you would give us a desire for your word, Lord. God, that we would truly recognize, Father, that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, Father. Pray, God, that we would not neglect time in your word, Father. That we would not neglect time, Lord, meditating on your word, Lord Jesus. And ultimately applying it to our lives as we are called to walk in step with the Holy Spirit whom you've given us. If we're truly your children, we've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. You've given us the Holy Spirit. Our counselor, our teacher, our guide, our comforter. The hope that we have, God, that you have given us everything we need to live a godly life. So I pray, God, that we would set our eyes upon you, Lord. Yes. That we would put aside the foolishness and the folly. And that we would say, yes, Lord. Yes to the call of a disciple. To deny ourselves, to pick up the cross, and to follow you. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Application, sustained effort, hard work. From the root word, apply. To give one's full attention to a task, to work hard. So again, as I've asked over the past eight months, each week, how have you done this week with this? Setting your eyes on Christ. 
giving your full attention to the task, to the call of a disciple. Denying yourself, picking up the cross, and following Him. In a world that seems to be growing more and more chaotic, in our lives that seem to be growing more and more distracted, how are we doing? With application, with applying the truth of God's Word. Not just living out of our feelings, of our emotions, of our circumstances, but living out a truth. Not our truth, not anyone else's truth, but God's truth. The author and the giver of life. The sustainer of life. The one who spoke and all things were created for His purpose. God Himself calls us out of darkness and to His marvelous light that we might live. But we're not living if we're not applying. <laughs> this abundant light that Jesus offers is only found in application and applying His truth. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Apart from Christ, all we have is death. Everything that we put our hands towards, everything we give ourselves to, apart from Christ, we are just giving ourselves over to death. That is the old nature. We are born into this nature that wants to live opposite of God. We are in rebellion towards His throne. But anything outside of His presence is decaying, is dying. There's no life in it. Life. And life in abundance, Jesus says, this is what I've come to give. It is the enemy that comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So you have to ask yourself, what have you been applying this week? What have you been doing this week? How have you been engaging? How have you been living this week? And again, when you see that you're not measuring up, you're not seeing it through human eyes. You're not seeing it through the eyes of others. No. You're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit that because of His love towards you, He draws you to repentance. What keeps us from repentance is we're not seeing it through the eyes of Christ. We're seeing it through our eyes. Or we're seeing it through the eyes of what others may think of us. Or we're listening to the lies of the enemy. And so we do not come and we do not repent. We make excuses. We keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over. And there's no changing there's no transformation coming forth. It's not about your circumstances changing. No, it's about you changing. It's about you changing. Are you living as a disciple? If you're calling yourself a Christian, are you living as a disciple? One who has been called by God Almighty. <laughs> Jesus Bids you to come, to follow me. 
He steps in in the midst of your rebellion and calls you out from it. Application. Applying the Bible is the duty of all Christians. We've heard this for eight months. It's not just for some. It's just not for an elite group. But it's for anyone who will call themselves a Christian. Applying the Bible. Because if we don't apply it, the Bible becomes nothing more to us than a normal book. An impractical collection of old manuscripts. That's why Paul says, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. When we apply the Bible, God himself is with us. And I challenged us, I believe, last week. But who can you say that to? Who can you turn and say that to? As Paul said, who can you look at in your life and be able to say, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice? Because you ought to be. You ought to be able to do that. I challenged you all last week. And if you're not able to, something's wrong with your Christianity. Something is seriously wrong with your faith. If you're not growing, if you're not maturing, if you're not experiencing Christ and the power of His resurrection, not that you're living a perfect life, it's not about perfection, but it is about maturing. It is about understanding and knowing your God and having confidence in your God and what He accomplished Not just for you, but for for humanity. The hope that we have in the resurrected Christ. The hope that we have. The joy that you should have as a child of God. To be able. To be able to go forth and live your life out. No matter what your age is. If you say you believe then that belief and that confession should alter your life because you've been born again. You've been born of a new nature. You're not the same, but I feel the same, but don't base your life on your feelings. Base your life on that which is true, Christ and His teachings. He reveals to us truth. And in that revelation, you can either believe it or you can deny it. But oh, how I pray you're believing. But if you're believing, then understand. You cannot continue to be a stumbling block for others. I've got all these issues in my life. They know, they think that, you know, how can I go proclaim God's word to someone? I still got all these issues. That's the best time to proclaim it. You're not putting on, you know, it's like I said last week, your masks are going to start falling off in front of people. Oh, I'm in church. I believe in Jesus. Oh, this and that. But yet they see how you live your life. They see how loose you are. They see how, how, how chaotic your life is. Or they just see a, a form of a shell of what you want to present, but they have no idea what the heck's going on here each and every single day in your life. Because you're not living as a free person. 
No, when you know Christ and the power of His resurrection, when you understand, when you truly understand what you've been forgiven of, when you truly understand what you've been called out of, when you truly understand who, who you are a part of and what you've been engrafted into, you can't help but mature and grow. You can't help but go and tell. So that you can then look at someone and say, whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And here's the good news. As you're doing that, as you're growing and as you're maturing, God is with you. And greater than that, the God of peace is with you. You see... For so long, we've had this misconception, this this wrong identity, this wrong perception of who He is. We've seen Him as a God who stiff arms us. We see Him as a God who's angry. He's got issues. If He would just lighten up a little. Oh, when you truly know him, when you truly understand that the issue is not God, the issue is you, the issue is me. Like, have you have you just sat with that? Like, just stop showing up for church and. And just, okay, I've done my religious duty, and then just going right back out. No, have you truly, truly read the Word of God, sat down with the Word of God, opened it up, and allowed Him to speak to you? It is the living Word of God. And you don't adjust it, you don't change it to fit you. No. It is to serve its purpose to call you out. To expose you and you and you alone. For the wretched sinner that you are. For the one who is in rebellion to the throne of God. The one that deserves condemnation and wrath. The one who is bound by sin. And then as it exposes that, as it drives deep in you, as it cuts, as it pierces to the depths of your being, there's a healing ointment that flows right after the piercing. And praise be to God, if there was no healing ointment, if there was nothing else but this piercing of how bad of a person you are, Then yeah, what's the good news? See, you can't have good news unless you first understand the bad news. The bad news is each and every single one of us, all of us, the Bible says, all of us have been born into sin. And so the Word of God pierces and exposes that nature that hates God. 
And then as it is exposed, this healing ointment comes. And that healing is Christ. That healing is his, his life, his death, his, his burial, and his resurrection. The purpose of Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Because God so loved us. In the midst of our condition. That he came to save us. To save us. To deliver us. From the power of sin and the condemnation of sin. Like you understand, if you're calling yourself a Christian, what you have been delivered unto. Christ. Christ. Jesus. This is good news. This is great news. And so in that, do you know what your position is once you receive that? Humble. Because when you recognize that He loved me, yet though I was a complete rebellion towards Him, and He's pleased to pierce the very depths of my being to reveal this nature to me, and in that revelation He reveals His love to me that then embraces me and calls me to Himself, and then not only that, rebirths me into a new nature. That I might live for him, that I might know him, that I might love him, that I might not cling to the temporal things of this earth. And he did it all through Jesus. And so when I know that, when I believe that, when I confess that, huh, that's the that's the that's the confidence that I have in him. Not me. And so I need to apply truth, his truth, the very truth that exposed my old nature, the very truth that tells me that flesh, that old nature is going to war against your new nature. The same word exposes this realm up here. And it exposes this realm here. The world. And we understand, as I said last week, the Christian life is war. Daily, hourly, moment by moment. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. It's not our battle. It's His. And in that knowledge, it's already finished. It's, he's already victorious. So we don't have to go boo-hoo and be scared and overwhelmed or anxious or anything. No, we can walk upright amongst a wicked and perverse generation. Come at me all you want. But I know my God. See, do you have confidence in your God? Do you know Him? Do you truly understand Him and what He's done for you? There's a lot of religious people, you all, who hold a form of religion, they've created their own God, and yet they stamp Jesus' name on it. This isn't new. It's been going on since the beginning. (laughs) 
I'm telling you, when you know that you know that you know, when you've been born again, when you understand what you've been delivered from and whom you've been delivered to, and those moments when you fall, you don't stay down. You don't play that poor, poor me, poor me, poor me. I'm a bad Christian. You don't, you don't, you don't be weird and pull away. Now I'm going to pull away from God. <laughs> no. Because just as much as He loved you then, He loves you now. And God never stiffs arms us. God never says, you can't come. No, he always has his arms open to heal you, to restore you, to empower you. That's why repentance is a lifestyle. If you're going through your day and and, and you're you're not allowing the Holy Spirit whom he has given you to have full reign and access to your life to say, hey, don't touch that. Don't, Don't go that way. No, be mindful of your thoughts. Be mindful of your words. Like, remember, this is war. (laughs) Rely on me. And we don't make it a list of rules and laws. No, we just recognize it's just who we are now. We're just learning how to grow. We're just learning how to mature. We're learning how to walk empowered by the Holy Spirit. God (laughs) himself in us. Through us. So that... So that we will not be corrupted by the world and by the flesh or deceived by the evil one. No. Daily, you should allow the Holy Spirit to have full access to your life. And when He pierces your heart to say, uh, like, oh God, yeah, thank you. Nope, sorry. Sorry, Lord. It is a genuine sorry. It's a genuine repentance. Because you don't belong there anymore. You don't belong there anymore. It's His love. You you understand? It's His love that's bringing you to repentance. It's His love. If He didn't love you, He would just say, go about yourself. Whatever you want. But no, it's because of His love He gets in front of you. Not to force you. He'll never force you. That's why the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your body, and with all of your strength. Love the Lord your God. He's not going to force me. He's not going to force you. But if you're His, He's going to get up in front of you and He's going to remind you that is not who you are any longer. You belong with me. Remember life? Life in abundance? Remember? What I have for you, this world cannot offer. So stop going that way. Stop going that way. Stop acting so selfish. Stop acting out of such anger and hostility. Stop giving in to your desires and your wants and your needs and all that other stuff. No, learn of me and apply the truth. This is good news, you all. This is good news, you all. You know, I said on Friday night, you know, when I used to do street ministry, 
and I was specifically targeting youth, young youth, youth, teenagers, who were Satanists, who were involved in the occult. And I began to connect with them out on the streets and the diners. And as they began to know me, they opened up to where they, we can have conversations. And I always ask them, so tell me, who do you serve? Who is your master? And they would say, Satan. We serve Satan. Our allegiance is towards Satan. And I told you, my next question for them would be, then who created Satan? And the majority of them would have that aha moment where they would be like, huh. I would say, my master, the one in whom I serve, created him. You're serving a lesser power. All that you would come to know the God, the only God, whom your master has to answer to. He may be the prince of this world in this hour, but even he knows his time is coming to an end very soon. This is whom you're giving your allegiance to? And it would be the same to anything else outside of Christ. If you're giving your allegiance to your desires, your identity, your wants, your needs. Whatever you're worshiping. Whatever you're giving yourself over to. Whatever your God with the little G is. You realize. You realize. God created it all, and you're serving a lesser power. You're serving a distorted view. You're serving that which is, in the end, dealt with. Because it's already been defeated. But there's a day of coming, you all, where it's all going to be swallowed up in his wrath. And you are not meant to be children of wrath. And you say, well, how do you know? How do you know? Because you're here this morning. He's given each and every single one of us an opportunity yet again to hear his word and to respond to it. Because of his great love for us. If you were meant for his wrath, he would keep it hidden from you. And he would have every right because he's God. But he's not hiding it from you. He's revealing it to you. His great love for you. It's not God who's saying he doesn't love you. If you're not responding to God, it's you who is saying, I don't love you. I love myself more. Why on earth would we continue to do that when we've heard truth over 
and over and over and over. Just because you hear truth doesn't make you a Christian. Just because you can spout out a a scripture doesn't make you a Christian. Just even because you come to church doesn't make you a Christian. (laughs) Have you truly accepted Christ? Have you been born again? Are you applying His truth daily? Because the degree to which we study, memorize, and meditate on God's Word is the degree to which we understand how it applies to our lives. But understanding how the Word applies is not enough. We must actually apply it. Application implies action. And obedient action is the final step in causing God's Word to come to life into our lives. The application of Scripture enforces and further enlightens our study, and it also serves to sharpen our discernment, helping us to better distinguish between good and evil. Listen, I keep telling you, heck, you can just look at the news. You can just look out there. It's chaotic. There is such an awakening taking place on this planet. That's why you all should be applying truth, and that's why you all should be sharing the gospel. Not giving them a list of rules and laws. They already know how bad they are. Give them hope. Give them Jesus. Not some limp-wristed, watered-down, pancake-flipping Jesus, but Jesus, the Son of God. Everything was made for. It's all for Him. And the good news that you can have in a relationship with Jesus, what restoration looks like. They ought to hear it from you and they should see it applied to your life. And seeing a life transformed. Listen, not everyone's coming to Jesus. But by God, you ought to give everyone an opportunity to. (laughs) First and foremost, yourself. Go to 2 Peter 1.10 because we're going to be the people of God doing the will of God for the glory of God. This is who we are. And it's about time the church starts getting excited for her identity. That she's preparing for the return of her Christ. 2 Peter 1.10 So dear brothers and sisters, work hard. Who? You. Work hard. What are we working hard for? To prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall, you will never fall away. And I love carry adverse 10 or 11. Then God will give you a grand entrance <clears throat> into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So when you hear this scripture, 
Like, do you sit with it? Do you ever just open and go back through the notes that you get when they're posted? Or maybe notes that you're taking while you're sitting here? And do you ever just go back and open up and go, So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you really are among those God has called and chosen. What does that look like? What does that even mean to you? How do you even apply that to your life? Because you ought to know. You ought to know. Do these things and you will never fall away. Do Do you hear that beautiful promise? And then the ultimate promise. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Listen, when you know that that is your hope, when you know that you know that you know that is your end, that is your reward, nothing's going to trip you up. Or it may stumble, but you ain't staying down. Because that's what I keep saying to us. As I say to myself, I tell you, I keep telling y'all to preach to yourself before you go out preaching to anyone else. Why would I trade his love, the knowledge of his love, the hope that I have for eternity? And not just the hope that I have for eternity, but the hope of here and now, living in a chaotic world that I can still live upright and experience the fullness of of life. I'm not waiting to get to heaven. I can walk upright now. I can walk with him. I can talk with him. I can experience him. His presence is with me. His hand is upon me. He makes every crooked path straight. He is for me and not against me. All of those promises are not there. They're here. I can take the weapons of my warfare and I can demolish strongholds. I can begin to get up and walk according to his purpose and plan for my life. Or I can choose to continue to go by my insecurities, by my weakness, by my past, by my drama, by my parents' doing, by all of these people's doings, and everything is this and that. And I can just keep passing that vicious cycle on to the next generation, to the next generation. Aren't we all just a bunch of miserable folks? But why would I do that? When the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has stepped out and said, here am I. And then he steps into my mess and he says, come this way, child. I've got you. I'm going to stay bound to the temporal. And we have the hope for the eternal. So work hard, the Bible says. Not just man. It's just not Rob. I got to measure Rob's standards. I don't want to upset Rob. What kind of. That's just foolishness. It's just foolishness. You're making it about man. You don't even know God. No. Work hard to prove that you really are among 
those God called and chose. Do you know how many people are sitting in churches? They're not called and they're not chose. They're deceived. And yet somehow they think they're among God's people. They eat with us, get communion with us, they pray with us, they show up. And we're warned all through the New Testament. He knows them. He's, they're not taking God by surprise. Ha ha, I pulled, it, I pulled a blanket over God's eyes. Oh no, oh no. At the end, when their breath is taken from them and they stand before God, he says, I don't know you. Oh, but didn't I go to church? And didn't I do this? And didn't I do that? And, you know, wasn't I homeschooled? And didn't I have this scripture? And didn't I do all of this? God says, but I don't know you. You, who's a worker of iniquity, who is still in bondage to sin, Depart from me. Are you kidding me? And there's billions of people okay hearing this and never changing. That's what blows my mind. At least I know when I was a sinner, I didn't go to church. Huh. Oh, I knew. Huh. Oh, the line. Come on, Norman. Tell the truth. The line was drawn. Woo! No, no, no. I knew. No, my life and who I was and everything I liked and everything I wanted, oh, it did not agree with him. And for many years, I was okay not to be in agreement with him. But when poor little old Rob was on that couch ending his life, the love of God stepped in. Today you'll live. What? And once you have a revelation of who he is, even if it's just a small little crack of the light in the room, he draws you. He doesn't force you, but he continues to draw you until you Finally, surrender to him. No longer my life, God. Yours. You see, come on. Let's wake up. Let's stop playing games. It's been the problem since the beginning of time. <laughs> because the enemy, did God really say? <laughs> did God really say? Surely God didn't mean that. And, and so we're living in a day and age where where now all of a sudden they're rewriting scripture. Now all of a sudden they're, they want to tear down the beliefs and the structure and the creed of the Christian church and they want to make it for what it is. For God's sakes, I listened to a, a blurb yesterday on how now then we should believe that God is bisexual, that Jesus was bisexual. And the church applauds. Oh, yes, yes. Like, do you understand the day and age in which we're living? Listen, if people want 
want to live out of their flesh and out of their desires, live that way. Do what you want. Have the full of it. I don't hate you. The church doesn't hate you. (laughs) But I'm going to love you enough to tell you about the God who sent his one and only son to free you from his wrath that's coming because of that rebellion. That we've taken what God has created, no matter what it is, rather it's a sexual appetite, rather it's a way to worship, rather it's this or rather it's that. But we've taken what God created and what God's purpose and we twisted it and we've, and we've made it the way we want it. And then we say, you, God, have to be okay with it. Are we kidding ourselves? Because if you truly know God, you don't see that anywhere. They can rewrite the creeds. They can do whatever. They can say he's this, he's that, he's that, he's this, and all around, every which way. They can dress him up, paint his lips, paint his eyebrows, and do whatever they want. Put him on a pole in their congregations. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact of who he truly is. And we are going to see the most craziest things come upon this earth over the next generations. And we just want to keep doing church the way we've done church. I can't do it, y'all. I can't do it, y'all. I keep telling y'all, I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) Not when I'm seeing craziness. Not when my heart aches. When I think of thousands of people dying by the hands of governments. Not when there's a group of people on the earth that want to reset. Not when things, and it's not a conspiracy theory, it's just the reality because it's here. It's in his word. He tells us what's coming. And we are living in those days at just the beginning and we're seeing things. And if that's not enough to drive you to your knees to go, oh God, you're real. Oh, we better wake up. They better wake up. He's God, you all. Know your God. Don't have to hide him. Don't have to play games with him. Are you saved? Well, I said a prayer. Who cares? Yeah, that prayer doesn't mean anything if you have not been transformed. If you have not truly surrendered. And this poof, you're a Christian. Poof, you're a Christian. Poof, you're a Christian. Poof, you're a Christian. That has been sold out there. This is what you're up against. So you're dealing with this realm. You're dealing with this realm. You're dealing with this, what's in here. And then you're dealing with what's sitting next to you. (laughs) Chaos. But what's the good news, Pastor? Jesus isn't taken back by all of it. He still says... Hey, Rob, come this way. I've got you. As he says it to me, he says it to you. Give me your life. Because <laughs> what I have to give you, ah, nothing that you are clinging to can ever um, compare to what I have for you. Let it go. He's not going to pry your hands off of it. No, you have to freely surrender. Okay, God, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want those desires. I don't want those thoughts. I don't want this. I don't want that. God, I just want you. 
I just want more of you. I just want more of you, God. I'm not perfected until I'm with you. So I must remain humble, as you should. Application, you all. Application. Go to 2 Timothy. I mean, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy. Oh, Jesus. My Bible's falling apart. Lord Jesus. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Again, scriptures you've heard for eight months now. But what are you doing with them? First, I mean, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 16. Keep a, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right. Oh my God. Listen to this. For the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Stay true. Keep close. Keep a close watch. Again, application. When you go and you sit, you hear this scripture. It, you just can't be a hearer today. Oh, God, God. No, take it. Sit with it. What does this mean? Because I remember, as, as I did then, I have to do now. Like, God, this is your word. I, this, is, this is foreign to me, but if I'm a new creation, if I have a new nature, this is what I need to learn. So what does this look like for me, Lord? Teach me, show me, correct me, discipline me, reveal to me. I don't know how we're teaching our children. I don't know how we're teaching others and discipling others. That's what I was sharing with you last week. If you're calling yourself a Christian and you've you've been a Christian for more than a year and you're not discipling others, something's wrong. Something is seriously wrong. Oh, don't put that burden on me, Pastor. Because, no, I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got this, and I've got that, and I've got this, and I've got that. And that's right. That's what you have. All of that. Well, not everyone is called. Oh, yeah, you want to show me the scripture? Where you're off the hook? You ought to be engaging with people. You ought to be sitting down with people. You yourself should be discipled. We have all these excuses. And then somehow, some way, we look at God and say, well, we hope you understand. (laughs) You know my life. (laughs) And we're that flippant with him? In reality, he hopes that we understand. Condition and the eternities that people's lives are facing. I'm serious, you all. Like, I'm serious. Look out there. And it's not to burden you like, oh, I'm a bad creature. Don't do that to yourself. It's just a reality. God, wake me up. I don't want to be. That's why I love it when the Bible says, wake up, wake up, oh sleeper. 
And so if you're finding yourself asleep, if you're finding that your Christian life is just a Sunday morning thing, God, would you get on your face and say, God, wake me up. You don't have to run from him. You don't have to beat yourself up. Oh, I'm so bad. I don't, you, don't, you, know, you don't have to do these 12 steps to recovery. Just look and say, God, you're, you're love me enough to show me I'm asleep. You love me enough that I don't have a passion. You're not telling me this. You're not showing me this because I'm a bad person. No, we've already dealt with that. I know I'm a bad person apart from you. (laughs) But you're revealing that to me because you want me to give it to you. And in giving it to you, then then I can request and ask, then how, God? How do I wake up? How can I look at others the way you see them? How, God, can I love them as you love them? Because God, in and of myself, I can't and I won't. But God, I feel the weight of it in me. And I don't want to deny and I don't want to make excuses. God, I just want to surrender. That your kingdom come, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, I want confidence. I'm tired of getting up every day. Burdened, oppressed, depressed. Shackled in shame and guilt. Allowing the enemy to run amok in my life. No, God. Yet that may be my condition. God, I want to be able to get up and plant my feet on the firm foundation of Christ. And I want to remind myself of who you are. Yet though that may be the reality of my circumstances, I will not be defined by those. I will begin to understand, God, what it is to be defined by your truth. I mean, for God's sakes, I'm telling you, I shouldn't be standing here caring about your souls. I should be running amok, hungover from the night before. Just running, doing whatever. Mine is crazy. But I have to get real, as the same as you. I have to get real with God. I can't do this. You started this. See, so remind God. And many of times I remind Him, Lord. You say I'm the work of your hands. And you say that you will not neglect the work of your hands. God, right now, I need you. I need your comfort. I need to know that when your word says that I have a sound mind, I want to know what that means. Because all my life, my mind has just been running. I don't know how raw and real you get with God. And when you truly surrender, he begins. Because the Bible tells you. How does he transform us? By changing the way we think. So when you read this, when you hear this, 
Keep a close watch on how you live. Don't live so loosely, you all. And on your teaching. Careful what you're going along with, with others, and all that false teaching that's out there. You better be the one that stands up and say, God, if you need to raise a standard up, here's my life. Let them hate you. Let them say whatever they want about you. Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm sorry, that, that's an error. That's not who God is. That's not the works of Christ. See, you love them enough. You're not berating them, you're loving them. And I keep encouraging on y'all to love people. Y'all to be more concerned, y'all to love them enough to be more concerned for their eternities than their temporalness. Well, I don't want to offend them. You know, I just want to go along with them because they're family. It's like that one guy, some of you watched the other night with me. Because I, I, you know, I got to show up for Thanksgiving next year. <laughs> I don't want to cause, you know. Listen, you all. The Bible tells us there will be some family members that are going to turn against you. There will be the ones when you go into hiding, when they push Christians out. There will be the ones who say, there they are. So stop playing the weird games. Doesn't mean that you're like a bull in a child's china shop. But the reality is if you love people enough, you don't have to yell at them, you don't have to scream at them, you just gotta be that standard that Christ wants to raise up and say, Nope, I'm sorry, I can't go along with that. I, I just can't sit here and just be in agreement with that. Because that's not Christ. That's not Christ. And if you're willing to have a dialogue and sit and have a conversation, I'd be more than happy to. But I cannot and I will not. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Your religious works and all this stuff, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, the reality is that you don't know him. See, this is the reality. You know, again, I tell you, we all boo-hoo over people's coffins. Boo-hoo. You ought to weep more now while they're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> because once they're in that coffin... It's too, it's too late. Well, I hope they went to heaven. Okay, fine. Hope all you want. Well, they pray. Oh, yeah, maybe they did. Praise be to God because it can happen. But if that's your, if that's, well, I don't want to say anything, you know, God will get them later. He would have said that. Yes, he can do it. That doesn't give you the right to remain silent and then just to be a stumbling block for them. To be a stumbling block. But we're all Christians. No, 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 we're not. Those who have been born again, they have a new nature. Those are Christians. Not because man says, because he says. So keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and for the salvation of those who hear you. Go to Psalm 95. Whoo!
Ah, I've been in this psalm all week and said, okay, Lord, let's bring it out. (laughs) Psalm 95. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to Him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs and praise to Him. Oh, for the Lord is a great God. A great king above all gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The sea belongs to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. And before I finish it, let that rest with you. See, I don't know how you're teaching the younger generation. I don't know how you're speaking to others. I don't know what you see him as. But oh, how I pray. Oh, how I pray. You see him as God. So when you woke up today, did you... Did you even think? Was it even a thought? Oh, wow. I get to get up this day. Secured in the hands of the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth. See, I don't know how you're talking to yourself when you get up. Well, I don't. Well, why don't you? Because you're saying something. Something is defining you. And you just want to just go about your day. Him hawing about your day. If you're calling yourself a Christian, this is why we ought to be training up people. The younger youth, the youth should know their God, how great He is, and the love that He has for them. I mean, did you hear? Come, let us sing to the Lord. Like when you got up and you said, wow, then I I get to go into the presence of God with the family of believers. Oh God, we're going to come and we want to hear from you, God. We want to worship you, God. Or did you just get up? And again, it's not to beat yourself up. Oh, I can't be like that. I'm not as spiritual as that person. I really don't think God wants me that holy. Like, listen, y'all, we got to be real. Because wouldn't it be weird? Right? Wouldn't it just be weird? Poof, I'm a Christian. And I just did what I wanted to do. Lived how I wanted to live. I mean, I keep telling y'all, wouldn't you just? Wouldn't it be weird if the man that I was back here strolled up them stairs every Sunday with you? Could you imagine Dave, Tom, and Mark sitting there, just got out of bed together? Could you just imagine hungover with my crystals and all my ching cha cha chong? And then I just want to talk about Jesus because I just added him to my life. And you say, well, that's pretty extreme. No, it's not. Because some of you, you may not have all that with you, but you have it with you. 
And somehow, you're okay. I'm in the presence of God. And you're okay? With dragging all of that with you? Oh, we can't be perfect. I'm just a sinner. I keep telling you all, if this and him, if all of it's not real, then what on earth? But I know he is. I know this is. I know what he's done and what he continues to do. And again, I can't say it enough. His loving kindness draws you to repentance. He loves you. He loves you. That's why he's revealing that. Not to, not to make you like, oh, oh. No, it's like, oh, God. Yes, God, it's there. God, I'm sorry. God, help me. That old nature is still at war with you. The only difference is it has no power over you. He's defeated sin and death. He's taken the condemnation. He's taken the punishment. You are a freed person. You don't have to be bound by shame and guilt and condemnation. You can walk upright because the living God, the resurrected Christ, is in you. Hear the Holy Spirit. Listen to what the psalmist says, and then he goes on. Come, let us worship, verse 6, Psalm 95, and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God. We are the people, listen to this, we are the people He watches over, the flock under His care. Like, do you know your God? That is so beautiful. In a world that's chaotic, in a world where I hear, rather, you know, what's true and what's not out there anymore. But evil is running amok, so it doesn't surprise me. The reality is, and those fires in Hawaii, those school children were sent home early. It's almost the stuff, the reports that are coming out, it's almost like it's just all set up. You hear one report, it's just hundreds of people, as if that's nothing. No, no, but others are saying, no, it's thousands. Like the people on that island, there's thousands of people, and the majority of them are children. And to think, to think, to think, we don't know if it was deliberately, but to think, it wouldn't surprise me. For what's happening on the earth today, and the chaos that's ensuing that we're told about. I keep telling you all the level of deception that is rising on the earth, not because I'm telling you, but because the Word of God, getting the Word of God. I've been in Revelation for about two weeks now. And as I was in Revelation for this period of time, I'm like, God, if I knew nothing of Revelation, if I didn't attend all these Revelation seminars, if all I had was the book of Revelation, I opened it up and I go, what? this. One thing I see, God, is your love and your compassion, but God, your wrath that's coming. Dear Jesus, and the level of deception and immorality 
and chaos. Like, what? And boy, when those angels are released and start pouring things, I said, Lord Jesus, I don't need the you know, Hebrew, Greek, and every Old Testament prophecy that lines up with it. God, just that alone, if I just had that, I'm like, oh, God. Not because I'm, oh, scared of God. No, no, no. Because my, the compassion, the level of compassion that has been birthed in me for the lost. And I just go, oh, God, this earth. But okay, God, you created me for such a time as this. You didn't call me just here, purposed me for this generation just to be silent. You've called me to be a standard that you would raise up. My life is not my own. I want to live for Christ. <laughs> and I can be confident and know who my God is. Yes. That God, you will watch over me. That I'm part of your flock. Then he goes on and says, if only you would listen to his voice today, the psalmist says to us. The Lord says, don't harden your hearts as Israel did at Meribah, as they did in Massa in the wilderness. For there your ancestors tested and tried my patience. That's what the Lord says. Even though they saw everything I did. So understand that line. Do you ever just sit with the scriptures and just go, my God, these people saw God move in a miraculous way. The sea parted. Manna. I mean, God's doing it all. Cloud by day and a fire by night. God's moving every which way. His power is being displayed to them. And yet, and yet, they saw everything I did, but they hardened their hearts. Oh, that's we point our crooked finger at them. Oh, no. Do you realize what God has done for you? Throughout your life? Throughout your life? And where are you today? With Him. Is your heart hardened? Or is it plowable? Are you at a place where you've surrendered and said, God, here I am. When's the last time you knelt down before Him? And just said, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm lost. But I know you've called me. Yeah. I've sensed your presence. I know I've gone back to my old ways. God, my mind is chaos. I'm full of this and that and that and this. But God, your love is still shining on me. And I know, God. And I'm not going to make it. Oh, I'm never going to do it again, God. You know, I'll be good this time. No, you don't want to make it that way. You'll never be good enough. And that's what I'm telling you. When you realize it has nothing to do with you, it has all to do with him. I remember years ago when he corrected me. I'll be good next time. No, you won't, Rob. In and of yourself, you're not good. Would you just give it to me? Walk out in the newness, in this new nature which I've given you. I'll show you. I'll empower you. I'll equip you. 
And that's why people, when they look at our lives, they go, something's different about you. That's why the Bible says your old former friends, they're going to laugh. They're going to be like, what's wrong with you? What do you mean you don't do that anymore? I told you. (laughs) Remember the first night I went to the club after, quote unquote, being saved? And I used to love the club. (laughs) Oh, I love the club. I remember walking in going, not towards the people. For myself. Oh, I, I don't fit in. Like something's different. Something's, it doesn't, ah, I just, you know, I tried, you know. You know, I, you know, and it just like, it just doesn't feel right any longer. You know? I should, probably shouldn't tell that story, but things just, you know, <laughs> And yet the enemy was presenting all these things that, you know, my, my dream, my, my, one of my dreams was, I God, if I could just be with that one person. <clears throat> that one person. Oh, my heart just, ah, I used to love watching them perform. <laughs> that night, those who sent their friends over to me. Yeah. Danielle would like to see you. What? <clears throat> but even then, it just didn't fit. You see, I say all that not to boast in any of the past, but just the reality. Like, have you gotten there in your life? Well, I wasn't that bad. No, you were. You were. Because some of y'all are still doing things you ought not to be doing. You ought to feel uncomfortable. Why do you feel uncomfortable? Then why are you there? Why are you doing it? Well, you know, I just, you know, God's grace. Whatever excuses we make. What everyone else does. What people are going to say. Like, listen, you all. We're talking about God. You can't go uniting him. With all of that. You can't. It doesn't work that way. And that's why the Bible says, if you were a liar, stop lying. Start speaking truth. If you were a thief, stop stealing, work hard, and I'll give your money away. Like, be opposite of how you were. That's how you're supposed to be living. (laughs) This just can't be all talk. Go to church. Everyone just goes to church. We just hug in them. Run back out and then the rest of the week we just do whatever. It's not how it's supposed to be. For 40 years, verse 10, I was angry with them and said, They are my people's God. They are my people whose heart turned from away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Oh, he's a bad God. No, he's not. People. This is where the people. It's not God. See, for many years, I had this wrong concept of who God was. <laughs> because I didn't see really who I was. 
In order for me to truly, or in order for me and for you to truly know who he is, you've got to truly know who you are. When you see that it's you, not him, you're the one who's in rebellion. You're the one who's telling your creator, the author and the giver of life, the one that all things were made for, you're not God. You're God this hour, but the next, you're not God. You're God in this moment when I need you. But when I get that phone call and I'm ready to, you're not God. Really? You're God in this moment. Go, God. Praise the Lord. Blah, 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 blah. But then you get around the gossiping and the backbiting and the foolishness that goes on. Well, then he's not God. And somehow we expect him just to cover his eyes. I don't see. It's okay. Oh, no. But didn't Jesus do away with the angry God? That's what they say. Well, you know, Jesus came, Rob. He's up. He's up. All that wrath, talking of all that wrath. Don't you know Jesus came? It's grace now. It's grace, Rob. Calm yourself down. You're trying so hard. No, I'm not trying. I don't have to try. He's already done it. And the grace in which they're promoting is not grace at all. Because... Even the scripture tells me you would come along my path. Do you even say that to me? The scripture tells me that you come to pervert what he says. Oh no. Oh no. Just as he was then, so he is now. And you say, well then what? Then, then what? What's all of this? You want to know the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament? Is God came to deliver you and to save you from himself. Through Christ, because he loves us so much. He foreshadowed everything that he was doing back in the Old Testament. Everything, everything, everything is pointing to Christ to the day when the Messiah will show up. Everything, everything, everything. Jesus fulfilled. But in fulfilling it, he didn't say, now go live however you want. Do whatever you want. Because then what kind of schizophrenic God would that be? Oh no. He's still holy, you all. And the New Testament tells you, you ought to read the Old Testament. It was better under that covenant than this covenant. Go read it. You who walk around with no fear of God. But I don't get up every day, you all, like, oh, he's going to get me, oh, he's going to get me, oh, he's going to get me. That's weird. Anyone talking about that? But the reality is, is I know what I'm up against with this realm, with this realm, and with this all in here. And so we have to serve at notice each and every single day. I'm alive fully surrendered until my master. And I... Love him. And his character is holy, separate. And I have a fear of him that reminds me, that reminds me of what I deserve, his wrath. 
So parade in front of me, kick up whatever you want in front of me, come at me however you want. But I'm going to stand, I'm going to stand there for them after I've done all I know to do. And I will see the deliverance of my God. See, I don't know how you're talking. I don't know how you're living. I don't know what you're doing. But oh, that you would know your God. That your heart is not hardening. Go to Isaiah 29. Isaiah 29, verse 13. I sat on this scripture all week. I said, God, help us. And so the Lord says, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing more but man-made rules learned by rote. They say they are mine. Do you know him? That God is pleased to reveal himself to us. He's not stiff-arming us. He's resurrected, you all. He's alive. If he was still on the cross, still in the tomb, still in the manger, he's of no use. He's resurrected. That's why it says your belief and your confession that he is the son of God and that he rose from the dead. If your confession is just that, oh yeah, Jesus is the son of God and that's all you've got, you've got nothing. You've got nothing. But once you add on what he accomplished, you've got everything. Because he's victorious. Oh, that you would know him as such. He is the Son of God and that He rose from the dead. And once that becomes your belief and your confession, once that is truly your belief and your confession, not because, not because you've heard me say it or someone else say it, or because, oh, well, you know, that's just what I'm going to do. No, because God revealed Himself to you. He is pleased to reveal himself to you through his son Jesus. And as he's being revealed to you, you're humbling yourself because you recognize, oh God, I'm a sinner. I'm an enemy of yours. But you sent your one and only son for me. He endured all that he endured, suffered what was due to me, and then he rose from the dead, defeating the power and that old nature of me that keeps me an enemy towards you. As soon as you bow down and recognize your old condition, you then are rebirthed and you begin to stand up 
and say, My God, I believe. I believe. I don't have all the answers, but God, I believe. And I believe the work that which you've begun in me, you are faithful to complete. God, I want it all. I want it all. I just don't want the crumbs. Some of us are just settling for the crumbs as if that's going to get you to heaven. No, no. No, I'm so lonely. Oh, God, I'm just a horrible Christian. I'll just give you a little bit of crumbs, Lord, to satisfy me, make me feel a little bit better. That's a pathetic life. You don't even know God. No, no, don't give me crumbs. When he's pulled the chair out and said, come have a seat. Yes, Lord. (laughs) In the presence of my enemies. You want to dine with me? You want to sup with me, Lord? Not because of anything of me. I should have endured. I should have been the one that took the wrath. But you took it for me? You want a relationship with me? What am I going to hold back? I've got nothing to hide. You know my heart. You know everything about me. And you love me. Just ask me to lay it down. And in laying it down, that's how you lay it down. You repent and you remember you're born again. I'm a new nature. Again, I told you from the day. I came to Christ. I accepted Christ. How then now shall I live? Because all of this is foreign to me. As I said earlier, when I was Back in it before Christ, the line was, I didn't go to church. Ah, oh, you know, I went to sunrise services, but my mama, she forced me to, bless her. <laughs> Hung over. Crazed up in my mind, in my head. There I was. All right, old woman, just get it done. Get it. All right, let's go. You know? I knew. What? I don't need him. Do me. I'm living me. I'm living my life. Then when I was doing all the chakas and all the other stuff, you know, and praying against churches and doing all that weird stuff, you know, you come across churches and you come across Christians, you're like, oh, wow, no, 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 no. Don't even mess with them because they're lights. There's something different about them. <laughs> they were real. We're children of light. No matter how much I chong, chong, chong against them. I'm just exhausting myself. And we just want to show up, y'all. Here's a good little Sunday school story. Just tell us about Jesus. Come on, y'all. We gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. The Lord says, these people say they are mine. (laughs) They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, they go to synagogue. They were going to synagogue. They were learning. They were doing all the works. And yet they weren't living for him. And God knows. 
And that's why I've started this next part time. We're going to probably can't get to everything today, but we will get through Revelation. I started reading the letters to the churches to you all. We're going to look at two more today. This is a resurrected Christ. He's on the throne at the right hand. He speaks. John has this vision. Hey, John, write this letter to the church. And as I called on it years ago, it's the same I'll say to you today. What would he write about us? <clears throat> and then beyond that, what would he write about you? Wouldn't it be funny if I said, hey, <clears throat> I don't know who to pick on today, but Michelle. 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 <laughs> if I said, Michelle, I've got a letter for you. I mean, think about that. He knows us. He knows what we're doing. He knows the condition of our hearts. He knows, he knows, he knows. What would he say? So when you read this, when you hear this, and I hope you go back and you read through Revelation, well, it doesn't all make sense. Stop with all that weird excuses. Yes, it's good to sit down and track it from the Old Testament all the way through, get your Greek, get all everything out, that's fine. But I remember when I first opened it up, wet behind the ears, ooh, it made sense. Yes, it's good to further your study, fine, fine, fine. But stop using that excuse, that's an excuse. Oh, that's just a lot. Yet you'll sit and you'll watch stories that are just as confusing and chaotic. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh, that was a good movie. Oh, that's a nice story. Or whatever. This is the Word of God. This is, it's inspired by the resurrected Christ. John. John. Psst. Write the letters. Write the letters. Go to Revelation chapter 2. I'm telling y'all, <laughs> I've been praying for myself and praying for you all. Like I'm telling you, has it hit you? He's resurrected. He's resurrected. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He's returning. Like, you understand how much he loved us? You understand what he went through? Do you understand how he was torn apart for you? And as I said last week, I know people like to say, well, I don't like to see that. I don't like to watch the passion. I don't like to think about that. No, you ought to sit for hours and just watch that scene. Because it should have been you. should have been you. Do you understand what he went through for you? And we just want to get up. Oh, I'm a Christian. Like he's resurrected. Like he's defeated sin and death. Like he exposed the enemy. He dragged them out and public shamed them. Do you understand who you have an opportunity to be in relationship with? Oh, you don't live my life. I got all this. I got all that. No, then you don't know my God. Because I can give you a sad story. I can tell you what my life is like now. If I look at all my circumstances. But I choose to keep looking up. 
I'm not defined by all of this. I'm defined by you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I know my God. But better yet, better yet, Can you walk in that confidence? You ought to. And if you're not, don't beat yourself up. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go to church anymore. I don't want to be the power of God. I'm just, where are you going? Where are you going? The resurrected Christ is saying, come, come to me. Remember, he stepped down. He stoops down. You're wandering lost. And he says, I don't want to live that way. Oh, does that mean I got to go to church? Oh, does that mean I got... Then you don't know me. The Christian life is not a burden life. It's not burdensome. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. In this world, you will have trouble. Be of good cheer. He's already overcame the world. Like, I don't know how you're talking. I don't know how you're going through each and every single day when you're facing challenges. Each of us are facing life. And in and of ourselves, in our own visual understanding, it sucks. Well, my life doesn't. Well, good for you. In this hour, it doesn't, but tomorrow it will. On the turn of a dime, events can change. And you're putting all of your being, all of your being. I said, God, you're funny. He walks me through a season where he reminds me we're all dust, dust, dust. Everything's dust, Rob. Everything's going back to dust, 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 dust. That's all I meditated upon for months. Dust, dust. It's all dust. You're clinging to dust. It's dust. Everything's dust. You're dust. And as he takes me through that now, he's showing. He has me in a season of just, wow, God, you're resurrected. Like, what? I mean, I knew already. But just really just like, wow. Like, why do I, why, why are we still chasing dust? If we're calling ourselves, if you're not a Christian, chase it. Chase it. Find value in it. It's in your hands today, but tomorrow, it's gone. And you're running them up with dust. Shucking and jiving, doing your thing with them. Ah, laughing, just going along with all that. Ah. Dust, boom, they're dead. Boom, they're dead. Boom, they're dead. Wake up to the news. Next few months, this new variant that's coming in December. Get ready for it. You understand the craziness that's going on in our times. And we are living in incredible times to go tell people about Jesus. The resurrected one. So that our desires are then removed from the dust and on to the eternal. There's no other religion. No other religion. No other religion. That offers you what Christ does. None. Go search. Exhaust yourself if you have to. None. Well, I don't believe there's a God. Ooh, that's okay. Because <laughs> you're going to one day. You're actually going to bow down. You see, you remember what I told you earlier when I was with those young little Satanists? I'm sorry. Who's your master? 
Satan. He's our master. We worship Satan. Oh. They didn't know what to do with someone like me. They were used to preachers just coming in acting a fool. I didn't act a fool with them. I wanted to know. I sat down and ate a cheeseburger with them. Had a chocolate shake in the diner at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yes! I was there. Whoo! Yes! Who created them? As I told you, they all have that dumb look. My master dipping my fryer. My master created him. You realize you're serving the lesser power. I don't have to yell at them. I don't have to tell them. Ah, no. And as I said earlier, it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever you're serving, that's not Christ. And it's just your desires, your flesh, your identity, whatever it is. He's the creator. And you're choosing the lesser. When your eyes have been opened, y'all trust me, y'all trust me, trust me when I tell you, Maritza. There have been many a times I wanted to say, I'm done. Jesus. Oh, I've had conversations, Carrie. Jesus, I'm done with you. I don't care if I go to hell. Think about that. All I told them, many times throughout the years, I don't care. This, all of this, is foolish. This is crazy. I'd rather be whoo-hoo in the head than have all this revealed to me because it's a bit much. It's a bit much. So I'm going to go do me. I'm going to leave you right there. I'm going to go do me. I'm going to do me. I'm going to do me. I had my escape plan. I was right. I knew where I was going. I knew where I was going, Maritza. I knew the coffee shop I was heading to to accidentally bump into someone and say, oh, fascinating you and I meet here. Have it all planned out there. I tracked him down. I knew where he was living. living God. Where are you going? You're a dead man. Oh, I gave him all my excuses. You're a dead man. Go if you want. But do you realize You're a dead man. You have no rights. Changed my life. Like, oh, God. You know, I cried. God, could you just, just let me go? Just let me go. Just let me, just be easier. Shh, shh, shh. Silence your voice. I don't want to hear it anymore. But he doesn't. Not because he's mean. Because he reminds me, do you remember the voices that you once heard? Ah. Yes, God. Oh, God, I'm sorry. You understand the love that he has for you? 
He knows what we're up against. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going just to berate you and beat you down and condemn you. No, he took all of that at the cross. So when he came from that tomb, the notice was served. Everything changes from here on. My plan, oh, it's coming. It's coming because he's returning. He will have a people that he will call his own. And in return, they will call him their God. Revelation chapter 2, verse 12 through 17. <laughs> ah. Ah, we... <coughs> Write this letter to the angel of the church of Pergamum. This is a message from the one with the sharp two-edged sword. These are Jesus' words. (laughs) I know that you live in a city where Satan has his throne. Yet you have remained loyal to me. You refuse to deny me even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in Satan's city. But, but I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In a similar way, you have some Nicolaitans among you who follow the same teaching. Repent, repent of your sin. Or, this is Jesus, the resurrected one, To the church, repent, repent of your sins. (laughs) Or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Anyone who has ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone, listen to this beautiful promise. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven. And I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except the one who receives it. Brings correction. What would he write about you? What would he write about us? Next, church. Verse 18. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. This is a message from the Son of God. Thank you, Lord. And listen to this description. Whose eyes are like the flames of fire. Whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. But... I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. You understand what's happening in churches today, y'all? God help us. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering. 
And those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly unless they repent and turn away from her evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out Lord Jesus. I am the one who, Jesus, I am the one who searches out the thoughts and the intentions of every person. Those are Jesus' words, you all. And I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. But I also have a message for the rest of you at Thyatira who have not followed this false teaching. Deeper truths. Come on, Jesus. Yes. Deeper truths, as they call them. Depths of Satan, actually. God, I love Jesus. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly. You hold tightly to what you have until I come. Come on. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end. To them I will give authority over all the nations. They will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my Father, and I will also give them the morning star. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Listen, that's Jesus, you all. Oh, that we would hear what he is saying. Well, that was for them. Oh, no, 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 no. It's for us. That's why it's in the book, in his word. Oh, but man wrote that. No, no, no. Man may have penned it, but it was God-inspired. We don't need to add to. We don't need to take anything away. From beginning to end, it makes perfect sense when your eyes are open. What on earth is this? The greatest love story ever to be written. Man, Hollywood, no one can touch it. No one can. God set it in motion. I'm like, wow. Wow. In a day and age when sexual morality, no matter what that sexual morality is, is running amok at a higher level, as like we've never seen it before. People go toe-to-toe with you. Well, that was the old Testament. La, 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 la. You know, somehow God changed. Well, if you're going to say that, then you, then you can't mix fabric. Or you, you can't do this and you can't do that. Well, it just shows their ignorance. Because there were things from the Old Testament that were laws. But over time, as Christ became more and more clear, and began to fulfill things and began to move to, to, for his purpose to have a people that he will call his own in return. They will call him their God. Those things put aside. But there's one thing that you can look from the beginning and you look to the end that has never changed. And that is sexual morality. It's never changed. It's never changed. God designed it Man and woman in marriage. Sex in and of itself isn't bad. It's actually pleasurable between a man and a woman in marriage. And what we do with it and what the enemy does with it is they be, it begins to get distorted. 
and we're going to have it when we want to have it. We're going to do it with how we want to do it, and we want to define it as we want to define it. And even those churches, way back when, having some issues with some teachers who were going coming in and promoting. It's nothing new underneath the sun. That's why I told you last night when I was listening to this thing, this pastor trying to encourage people that, well, we have to come to the reality that Jesus is bisexual. I'm like, Jesus. They all applaud, yes, 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 yes. I go, wow. Listen, I don't, I don't, I don't hate LGBTQ and all that other stuff. But they don't even see that they're being deceived. I mean, even when I was back there living as such and involved in the community, oh, yeah, no. I was, you know, there was a group of us that were like, no, we're not going this direction. Even back then, we said, we're, leave kids alone. We don't need to push this agenda. Yes, we, we allowed the trans among us because they had nowhere else to go. We were a compassionate group of people. But the trans, the pan, and all that other stuff, it actually, it actually, they do the gay movement injustice. Because it, it actually blows up what the gay agenda says about their lives. It's a hot mess what's going on. Some of the stuff I read, what's happening in that community now, and how they're turning against each other, and it's a big hot mess going on. See, we don't see it behind the scenes. But what's happening is a lot of confusion. But that's the tactics of the enemy. And not just with that community, but with all communities who are living apart from Christ, who are going their way, (laughs) fighting for their call, it's all going to implode. Because that's how the enemy works. That's why the Bible tells us to be as innocent as doves and wise as serpents. Yes. Oh, that we would know our God, you all. There is a way in which we're called to live, you all. <laughs> and it says unto Christ. And oh, that you would know him. And if you don't know him, <laughs> I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know why you would get up from here and, and go out from here. Except... Your heart's hardened. <laughs> or maybe you say, well, I know Christ, but you know, I'm not really living for him. Well, then I don't know why that would even just roll up, up, up be a thought in your mind. As if it's, oh, it's not a big deal. Come on. <laughs> well, I wasn't as bad as you, Rob. You needed all that religious stuff. Oh, no, you need it just as much as I do. (laughs) We all do. Because we were all born into this nature that just craves the temporal and hates the creator. See, you weren't meant to worship the created. You were purposed and you were designed to worship the creator. And for this generation, you all, to go be an image bearer of the Almighty God, the resurrected Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And that is my hope. 
as we continue to gather, as we continue to come, to sit at his feet, to hear from him, and to be encouraged to say, God, yes, I want to live for you. But first, I must let go of what I'm claiming to. I say, yes, Lord. I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. I don't even know what the next hour is going to be when decisions are going to be brought in front of me. Do I still go this way, or do I finally say, as hard as hard as it may be, <laughs> say no. I'm not going to do it anymore. Not because I can't do it, because I don't want to do it. That's the beauty. That's that's where freedom comes. I don't walk around going, oh, I can't. I'm a. You know, people say you must be a miserable person because you can't act on all your desires. Yeah, no. I'm a free person and I have such freedom and comfort in my heart and my mind because my desires are now not based out of all this, but based on the one who loves me like no other one can. And why would I trade that for a quick romp? <laughs> for what? Been there, done that, had the bag of chips. It didn't satisfy me. Because nothing ever will. Because it's all dust. I'm going to close this with this last song of worship. And then I'll close this in prayer. Woo, Jesus.
Jesus, I got it all. If I got Jesus. 